Welcome to Unsolicited Views, where we talk about topics that you may or may not give a damn about. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this week, in wake of all the events that's going on in the world, we decided to, you know, just talk about, you know, the uprisings and the tragedies that's been going on in the world um, from the perspective of four black men and, like, what do we really do next to kind of combat this racism going on in our country. So I hope you enjoy. Um, hopefully we'll be back in the studio soon. This Zoom audio is a little different, but thank you for rocking with us. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of You. Um, it's John, Mel, Ma, Marcus. We're back. How you doing, fellas? Same old. No, say not same old. I'm we. I'm cool. There's nothing same. <laughs> pandemic, man. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> um, we got a guest this week. I guess I'm. I'm from the uh, live on the ground in Minnesota. Um, yeah. Ground zero. Here. <laughs> I'm talking about yourself for a little bit. You talk about what's going on in the ground, the boots on the ground over there in Minnesota. Uh, okay, yeah. So, um, Quentin, um, about myself, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to go into history. I mean, I know everybody here, but uh, I guess for the viewers. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, the viewers and listeners don't know. So, you can tell. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool, so, cool. Um, yeah. So, I guess I'm, uh, I'm cousin of Melvin's, good friend of the Mall of Palmer, and um, I'm good, and my brother, oldest brother, Jonathan, I guess. I, so I live I live here I live in Minnesota I've been up here for about uh five years going on six, five and a half years um prior to that I was in college at state Michigan and then I was in the military for five five and a half years before that so um that's kind of my long long story short to how I got to where I am today um cool. up in Minnesota um it's kind of interesting you know you move into areas and you move into uh, neighborhoods or s- even states for that matter you can't even classify the states that are you would consider quote-unquote safe uh, places to go um, because you don't have a lot it's not a lot of um, discourse that's typically in the streets in Minnesota is one of those it's kind of underwritten is not a lot of people talk about it the white people are too scared to kind of really address it so sure. especially in the Midwest it's not a lot of white it's not a lot of black people african-americans in minnesota you got you have a lot of native africans in minnesota so mm-hmm. the dynamic is a little different because it's not yet yeah, well it's not that it's just that they're black a lot of times a lot, that's kind of melted in with it it's like okay they're black and they're muslim because a lot of them are muslim because they come from uh western uh africa so it, it, it's layers. It, Minnesota is kind of weird. It's, it's one of those. It feels like a ticking time bomb sometimes because there's so many different layers to it. Because you got black people, you got Native Africans, you got Africans who were born here in Minnesota, but you know their family, they're like first generation, second generation. So, but they get discriminated against, so they get they're not necessarily liked because you know Minnesota is a sovereign. It's not a sovereign state. They they call it one of those. Uh, it's one of those states where. Um, People can come in. Uh, refugees can come in. I uh, can't think of the name off the top. Oh, it was that the uh, safe city? No, sovereign. No, damn it. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't now. So, so basically, it's like the Switzerland in the United States. <laughs> right, exactly. Huh? exactly. Safe harbor it, cities. Sanctuary. 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 God damn it. Yeah, sanctuary state. It's one of those sanctuary states. So it's you have that undertone from a, a foreign standpoint. You have okay. the undertone of black people's standpoint. 
and then you have a bunch of white people who are never really been around black people, it, it, it can be a recipe for disaster. But the difference in Minnesota is everybody's nice. So they won't do it. It's not blatant. It's not, you know, in Baltimore, if somebody don't like you, they'll tell you. It, it, here, it's not as blatant as it would be on the East Coast or West Coast because it is, they, they're so nice, quote unquote, it's just passive aggressiveness because they don't really want to deal with the issues at hand. They just want to talk about them, so. Okay. But uh, as far as far as the riots and, um, you know, the lay of the land right now, where I live, I'm 15, 20 minutes away from the downtown St. Paul. Um, I'm about 30 minutes from Minneapolis. But uh, it's the temperature in my neighborhood is you wouldn't even know anything was going on. But, you know, you go, you, you drive 10 minutes You'd be like, all right, well, you got National Guard, you got police out. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's people out here for real. And some people are out here, out here about that life, but it's a lot of young, young people. And then there's a lot of people that's not even from the state that's here. So you got to be careful who you, who you mingle with. But other than that, it's been kind of calm. They started curfews. And ever since, uh, you know, he's been in, uh, they, they arrested that officer, things have kind of calmed down slightly. Um, he just got arrested yesterday morning, um, but and then you know he got arrested that morning. Then they is issued the curfew like literally within hours. So it, it's just one of those things. They're just trying to temper the the, the whole the whole riots and as best they can. But mm -hmm. it, it, I'm not seeing any major major issues here in my neighborhood. But you can tell it's definitely some discourse in the cities. Okay, mm -hmm. so I guess today I was going to just to kick it off. We was going to talk about just kind of like what do we do now? Because like I I was I had this conversation. Um, I've been a part of a, uh, I don't call them riots, uprisings, so to speak, and it's not ever what you see on TV. So it's always interesting because when you're there, because it was literally <laughs> I never forget we was there um, in North, and it was a guy he had like a bandana over his face. I was like, he has to be getting paid because I know where I grew up and he used to live near like Linkside. And I'm just like, you're not even from around here. And like, when did you become a blood? Like, it's just like, it'd be real random stuff like that. And you could tell the people that are participating sometimes don't even be from those people that live in those neighborhoods. It'd be just like random people from like Pensacola. You don't know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so that's why it's always interesting because you never know the narrative. Yeah, I think that's the funniest part about the narrative is like they show all the violence, right? All, all yeah. not even violence, like you show all you show all like the fires and the, the looting and all that stuff. But there are uh, probably mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of people that are like He's peacefully protesting yeah. in front of in front of stuff that like we're not even seeing. You only see that's, that looks horrible. So I wouldn't say they show. Only the fires into the looting because I've seen civil disobedience where people just blockading the, the highways and stuff like that. So it's not always mm -hmm. all the negativity. Sometimes they show people, you know, protesting but in a civil manner. I think what gets all the attention is the fires and the, the precincts. Getting oh, well, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But I'm like, saying I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen civil protests on TV, is what I'm saying. Well, what I'm saying, you might see it, you, you might see it here and there, but I'm saying, but when you first turn on the TV, you might, you might see it. But then they're right. going to shoot right back to the fire. Of course. I mean, that's, 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 that's what draws attention. See, but you, I, but you know what I'm saying is that's not, that's not the, I think, 
I'm thinking is more people that are peacefully protesting than sure. people that are setting fire. They, That's they, all I'm saying. They, they trying to get out to the TV, so watching people peacefully protest is not is not as entertaining as seeing something burnt down. I got. But I, I, mean, I, I put it this way: when, yeah. when I was in the military, right, um, and I was overseas, and I would talk, I would call back home, I would talk to my dad, and he'd be like, "Yeah." You know, I saw the news, this, this, that, and the other, and it looks like everything is happening every day. It looks like it's the worst thing in the world every day because that's what's yeah. keeping people coming back to CNN. That's what's keeping people coming back to MSNBC. Yeah. That's what's keeping people coming back to Twitter to click, on it, to click on a news feed and click on something. So if I put a picture in Twitter with a burning building and say, protest X, Y, and Z, or, you know, riots X, Y, and Z, clickbait. So if I can get the clickbait, it doesn't really matter. It, 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 I can c right. control the narrative. And I think right. that's more of what they're really trying to do is control the narrative. Because in the military, they control the narrative in a way that they glorified war. In this way, they can, they, they're controlling the narrative in a way that where the, the people who are protesting, they're demonizing protesting at this point at best they can to keep us from going out there to protest, to keep us from, keep wh white people or people that are not like us to say, see, well, y'all out there protesting, it always turns into a riot. Every time you guys protest. Mm -hmm. every so now, now you've, put, you've, put, you've watered down my message. You've watered down my way of reaching out and, and speaking out to people because you sure. have allowed and you, you've allowed to, demon, you're allowed to demonize it because you control the, 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 the picture on the screen. Oh, for sure. What you about to say, Ma? You about to say something? No, like um, that's another thing. Um, Quentin had mentioned Twitter. Um, something that uh, came up, I think around Thursday, was uh, Trump signed an executive order to hold like social media platforms liable for any any debate or open conversation or discussions that are said, like on their platform. Yes, and, <laughs> and, 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 and and the crazy part is, like, the biggest person that will be affected by it is him. I didn't know. So, I didn't so Twitter understand. Started, what Twitter is, is starting to fact check this nigga. Because he just was mm -hmm. Yeah, they're checking his facts. Yeah. <laughs> but so what he's saying is, he's saying they're hindering free speech. The free speech doesn't come with fact checking. That's what he's saying. That's what yeah, he's signed yeah. in the yeah. order. So you can't, you can't be a social platform with this type of reach and limit free speech so it's like it's a conundrum it's like how do you limit free speech but you know have so much reach to the to the audience and you know I, 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 so that's 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 the issue i don't think it's limiting free speech i i, I think well it is under under uh, i think go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. how i think how people underestimate how um cultural i would say socially savvy donald trump is because and, and, right. and reason and reason and reason I say that is because he'll 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 make it he'll make it seem like all right oh I'm trying to limit free speech if you, if he's trying to limit free speech he wouldn't have signed the executive order what he's trying yeah. to do is he's trying to limit he's trying to limit fact checking what he's yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying but he, he's he's using the veil of limiting free speech so he can limit the fact checking yeah I got that yeah yeah, yeah he don't care about free speech he just don't want to fact check. Yeah, I don't think it's more so about the free speech. I think like when you hold somebody liable about what they're saying, at that point, that liability, you can actually put like you can sue them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can sue them, and and and, and that's you know that's he, Donald Trump's a businessman. That's right up his alley. Yeah, and, and the last thing you want to have in a in a political year. <laughs>
last thing you want to have in a political year where everyone is looking on Twitter, but everyone is locked in the house and looking on TV is have what you put out there fact checked every time. I just can't scream bullshit all, all, all day long. Right. <laughs> not, everyone, everyone's not as distracted as they would be in their normal day to day lives. And since they're not as distracted, yeah. they're actually yeah. never. Uh, it, yeah. you know, so, uh, so, what's, what's so more funny, so much more more funny about this is he's, he's saying I don't need to be fact checked. I don't. I, don't I, I should be able to say whatever I want without right. any recall. But then, like he'll maybe tomorrow or the, or next week he'll CNN or say something and he'll be like, "You guys shouldn't have said that. You guys are the scum of the earth. Fake news, fake news. You should not do that. Get rid of them." Like and I'm like, "Yo, and that's why." <laughs> yeah. You just said they should be able to say whatever they want. Uh, they my boy, yeah. Yeah. Free all that. <laughs> like, that's your, that's oh your boy. God. That's your man. Boy. But you that's know, but that's, that's funny though. That's that's real close to how white people think when it comes to police in their everyday day to day life too, because oh, I should be able to do this, but they can't do this. Example: Why why people I should be able to go to a pool in a apartment complex, a black family in there swimming. Why y'all here? Who y'all with? What apartment y'all with? It's the same mindset. His is just rich old white man with power, it, but it's the same white mindset that a suburban white woman has in the middle, uh, you know, of Iowa. It's the same thing, the so, same construct. So to guide the conversation a little bit, I guess, I, will, I guess we can hear from everybody. I, I love Palmer go first. Um, what do y'all think at this point? Because I'm asking a question. Now. What's that? Um, the question is like, what do we do now? Like, because we rioted, we protested. Uh, it doesn't seem to make much uh, of a move. You know, my take is I feel as though a lot of people ain't really about to action. I don't think they're really willing to sacrifice. This nigga, so, this nigga they want to do a revolution. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> I feel as though it's not going to move unless we really organize and figure out a, a real plan oh, okay. economically boots on the ground. It's like a, it has to be a multi-layered plan. The problem, not not the problem, revolution, right? I know I, I, you, you always saying revolution and I always try to ask you, what do you mean by revolution? I think revolution, when I, when I hear, and this is probably wrong, but I hear um, violence and, and let's go take over everything. Let's go in the White House, shoot everybody dead so we can, so we can take, like, you know, that that's what I hear, hear. Is that what you're saying when you say Because I don't think, I don't necessarily think that's the best course of action per se, especially not when, in these times. Anyway. That's part that, of because it. we're such, we're, we're like, um, we talked about this on our family chat yesterday, but like yeah. with, with black people only been 13%. In a perfect world, if we all unified and we all say we all, all 13% of us black people, we all like, yo, we about to do this. We about to go ransack us. Okay. <laughs> it gets to the White House, and then Donald Trump like, nope, I'm declaring, I'm gonna, I'm gonna declare a war, war, whatever you, whatever you declare, you know, get all the national guard, state of emergency, whatever you want, all them terms they throw around. <laughs> and the next thing you know, they, they get, they got all of the military rounded, all us black people up, they were killing us, putting us in jail. Then they wiped out the whole black race. So I think, I think. I understand the concept of what you're saying and what people um, like you and think like you are saying, but I think it needs to be way more organized. I think we need to figure out uh, the, the people in the power, figure out 
we need to get in power. That's what I keep saying. We need to get in power. We need to figure out how to really get in power. And in power doesn't it, presidency, yes, but presidency is power. just a puppet. It's, it's just say, a puppet. the numbers. It's more the so. Numbers. It's more so getting making sure we in Congress, and that's politics. Mm-hmm. But then it, it goes back to like making sure we can start try to start running companies that actually run. You know, maybe one day mm-hmm. we could take over Amazon, take over. All that stuff, but that, those are just examples that may or may not ever happen. But that's just my thoughts. But to your point, no. So what you said is a part of what a revolution is. A revolution isn't just fighting and bloodshed and shit. So, 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 John, can I jump that. in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So, so you don't. So maybe this is uh, a half glass full, but you guys don't see, or anybody, you guys don't see this as a possible revolution because I feel like this might be an actual turning point. I just think. Mm. The details in the yeah. video of this footage are so egregious that we I think we got people on both sides of the aisle like, yo, this can't go on this way. Egregious, honestly, let's be real, egregious don't mean nothing. It don't mean shit. Yeah, I'm not saying it mean nothing, but I'm saying that. Go ahead. Because the guy, uh, Eric uh, Eric Gardner in New York, was it Eric, Eric Gardner, right? Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. Yeah. Flat out choked out on TV. Five cops on him, flat out choked out. That's egregious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the video what happened, wasn't what, ha- what, happened, what happened within 12 months? We back to normal. It it, it wasn't no uprising. But no, um, no, yeah. cop, no cop got convicted and charged within five days before. That's what I'm saying. This is for possible turning point because this is unprecedented. Yeah. Like you can't true. name of a time where a cop has actually been charged within five days of him killing somebody. So I think we're yeah. on the, I think we're on the start of something new right now. Because I, yeah. I, I I wouldn't put a, a broad I wouldn't put a broad uh, brush to it. And the only reason I would I would I say that is because only reason Minnesota I, I say Minnesota is the only one of the only I'm not sure about this is one of the only states when it came to a cop killing a civilian an unarmed civilian they actually came to a conviction. Okay. But the mud, the mud in the water was he was a black cop when he, he killed the yeah. white Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but at the same time, but they do have a history of of uh, charging yeah. cops. They okay. do have they do have some type of history. They're one of the only states that have but that type of his, history. But his his my thing. The black cop got charged for killing the white lady, and they paid her family twenty million dollars. Yeah. But she did call like, the cops and got like, shot when she approached the car. But still, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> can't be. You don't go up but, at anybody at night. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think I think there's I think there's some uh, real truth in what Palmer's saying. Maybe this is a turning point. And I'm saying this maybe, and I'm saying maybe because I don't think we're gonna know until. Uh, Three weeks, months down the line. Yeah, time will tell. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, because yeah. I think, we'll, like, I think, like you said, we, we did get this conviction. Or conviction. We, I mean, now we didn't get convicted. We got the uh, charge. charge sure. We got the charge, charge pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so let's see if he actually gets charged. Number one. Let's see if 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 two months down the line, are we still we yeah, not going to be moving and riding? But revolution myself. <laughs> but oh, I, I think I think we <laughs> are <laughs> the goal here. That, oh, oh, that's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy, right? Here. Uh, the question would be for me is what what's the goal here right are you is the goal a change of the mindset and the culture or is the goal a conviction because yeah i can yeah. get the conviction in a year but yeah. if, 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 if i get that conviction am i okay am i gonna actually no. Uh, no. still keep pushing am i gonna so, or okay. am i gonna say you know what uh, well, we got justice. We finally got justice. All right, now what? 
because that's when next, that's, that's when the change happened. Th this is one mm -hmm. stamp in time to a hundreds and hundreds of years of stamps in time. You know how the law works. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Law has not oh, now I was just saying, you know how the you know how the law works. Like you know how like they got these law cases and stuff, and they go back. This is a precedent. This kind of this kind of what you call yeah. like setting a precedent. So mm -hmm. if if, if yeah. this dude, if this if this white guy, this white officer, whatever you want to call him, if he gets charged and convicted and goes to jail, then it's like okay, now it's like maybe the the blue wall understands the people uh, in the blue wall. I'm calling the police. I'm, um, the blue wall because all all of them aren't bad, all of them aren't good. But in general, I'm just calling in general. But they uh, they will understand that like there is some ramifications to me profiling right. like that that's what that's the hope is that's that's what the hope is by getting a conviction now so, we should still be protesting after the conviction if, if, if that's the way you want to go about this thing because because I mean, the change is not necessarily the change that comes into the law the law has to change like we we have to have things in place or uh, i would say amendments or laws in place that state hey if so if an unarmed civilian is wrongfully yeah. hurt in some way, shape, or form. There is a, is an automatic a consequence. minimum, yeah, minimum uh, required uh, minimum sentence that you're going to receive based off of just from a civil discourse yeah. standpoint. And, right, and yeah. that's probably, that probably be established based on how many uh, years Derek Chapin will receive. So none of that could even start if, if we don't get a conviction. Yeah. yeah, right. So I think what happened in the then in the Freddie Gray, they charged all the police officers with first degree. Yeah, come on. So I think yep. the Minnesota, the, the the Attorney General of Minnesota, is like you know what, we can't we can't reach for that. We gonna go ahead and go to manslaughter, even though I think it's first degree. No, but the, no, what, he, what, he, what, he flat out said he flat out said second degree manslaughter, third degree murder. Yeah, he flat out said on Tuesday it, that um he's like yeah we. It's yeah, we could have tried to go for first degree. We looked at everything. We looked at first degree. We looked at second degree. But what it comes down to, do you want to get a charge or do you want to get the conviction, essentially? Right, exactly. Because we feel yeah. as though that we have enough to get the third degree the third in the manslaughter. Degree, yeah. So he'll get some. He's yeah. like, if you look at prison he's like, justice. Right. He's like, <laughs> if, you, if you try to rush this thing, if you try to really rush this thing, you will have Jim another Pop. phrase right if you ain't. A yeah, situation where they have quick to charge, quick to charge. He's not going to everything is everything is pushed through. He won't make one. Yeah, everything's pushed through, and they they never get the actual justice that they that they're seeking, because we because everybody was such an uproar to we want a quick charge, we want a quick charge, we want to get this, we want to get this, we need to have quick justice. It won't hold up in court. It doesn't was, hold up in court. I was going to say this administration knows how to kill people in jail. Look at Epstein. So they really want to get him got in jail. Oh yeah. Yeah, muscle. Yeah. It's not just. I'm sorry to inform you, but everybody is every person at that level of power has <laughs> access and capabilities of doing that. Yeah, right? and don't think Obama just was out here just an angel in the streets. Don't think that the camera just uh -oh. fell off. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, it just happens more in this administration. But I think boy. what happens, I feel as though. John, be careful what you say. Oh no, <laughs> I, I still I believe. You. This administration. I can't hear, right? hear what you said. I got the max Um what I was gonna say is when you say revolution, if you ever like study revolutionaries like Stokely, Rap Brown, Angela, um, if even if you go back to teachings of Marcus Garvey, it's always been a multifaceted approach. It's not never just fighting. 
it's always about economics. It's always about, uh, it is about resistance. So it's, 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 it's levels and tiers to what a revolution looks like. So I, think, I mean, if you think about the revolution of America, that's, that was a revolution. It wasn't just the war. So I think, that's where, you, I think that's where we start at, right? Because if yeah. you say revolution, there are some people like me who are ignorant to what the whole thing means. So you, we need people out here explaining what the revolution is and say, hey, you're not going to lose your life. We need every part of this revolution. We need the people on the front lines. We need the people, we need the people in politics. We need the people in business. We need the people, we need the people in, in law enforcement. We need people, we need people on every facet to, to really uh, realize a, a real revolution. And I think that's, that's where we start to answer the question that we initially started with. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, and we were doing that at one point. And that's what's, I guess that's a disheartening point because we was doing that. I mean, it didn't look I'm like it. When you got a Malcolm and a Martin, you got Malcolm, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's mobilizing, but Mal- Martin was like in the White House, like, bro, let's make this deal. Like, let's make this happen. So you had but both there's, sides. There's one thing I think a lot of people are overlooking when it, when it comes to revolution, revolution and change, right? There's a reason we are in this mindset that we are in as black, let's just say black men, let's just just keep it right there. Because when we had the Marcus Garveys, when we had the MLKs, when we had the Malcolm X's, what happened? They were murdered. Mm-hmm. It, it, so it, it's not, it, it, yeah, you would think, yeah, this is 2020. That shouldn't make it, it should be different, right? And no, by, just, there should be a, there should be another Marcus Garvey. There should be another MLK. There should be another Malcolm X. This is more egregious than what we've they 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 seen in the '60s and '70s from a, a national standpoint. So, uh, not saying that this is this is way this is worse. I'm not right. trying to compare the two of the generations, but right. they they when you look at where the Marcus Garveys and the Malcolm Xs, you don't see them. You don't hear them. You, and the reason you don't hear them, I believe, it's fear. And it's, it's psychological fear because and it, it goes down to if I get too loud or too or too popular, you die. I'm either going to I'm going to I'm going to get either exiled from my own because I'm too I'm too against the norm. So the mm-hmm. powers that be within the culture are not going to like me because I'm I'm go, I'm bucking up against status quo because typically the powers that are be that's in this structure this confine they got there going through the system that we're trying to buck up against. So they're actually part of the system more and more in, in, ingrained into the system than we would want to believe that they are. You would think that they were on our side, they're here for us, but they're too ingrained and inundated into the social structure of politics, the social structure of the money of uh, being in power. There are people that are making money that didn't make money before. Now they're making money, they're, they're sitting at certain seats. They're not giving up that money. They're not giving up that position of power. And I don't think people hurt enough. Yeah, this hurts, this sucks, but I don't think us as a culture hurts enough to really make everybody upset. Because right. I, if, if that was the case, back in MLK days and Martin Luther King days, you had a side you were on. You were either on MLK side or Malcolm side, but you were on a side. There weren't mo- mo- many people, I don't believe that there were many people that were like, you know what, I don't deal with Malcolm X or MLK. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. It, but I don't think people, but at that point, everybody was hurting. Everybody was upset. Everybody was fighting. Not everybody is upset. Not everyone's hurting. It, it, and I think a lot, it, 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 they're upset. But I think it's it, it's popcorn. It, it's like a popcorn anger. 
Like I'm upset for right now because I can be upset for right now, but I'm not upset enough to be upset for the entire, for the next five to six years to really push the change I need because I need to get back to work. Or there's another story on Twitter. I'm on the next story. And oh, there's, another, there's a TV show that I want to watch. I got I to gotta get back to my TV show. I got to binge watch the TV show instead of reading. Instead of uh, getting up on uh, what I can do to help the culture or get up to what I can do activism from within my neighborhood. There's not a lot of people willing to make that change or make that sacrifice. So the revolution sounds great, but I don't know. I don't know if there's enough people that are going to be really willing to change their way of life today to really make that change that's required. I don't. And I think. What'd you say? Paul? No, I sound like he was explaining me because I'm probably the person that he's he's talking about. Like my bottom line is not being affected, so I probably wouldn't be on the, the forefront. Nor would I probably be a part of whatever revolution you're talking about. But I, I would uh, be with you in spirit, though. Right. And, 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 it's not just you, Palmer. Like I'm 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 speaking for myself too, because I, I mean, like, like I was ta- I was talking to John the other day. Yeah. Tupac said it. He's like, you don't see too many thirty-year-old niggas being loud. Mm-hmm. You see the young twenty-year-old niggas, the you know, young twenty-eight-year-old niggas. Yeah, they're the loud, <laughs> and the reason that they loud is always they, they, revolution. they have something to lose, but they don't. They don't have. They don't have the life equity. Sometimes you don't have that life equity yet, right? When it comes to a family, mm-hmm. when it comes to multiple children, right. when it comes to a mortgage, when it comes to a payment, yeah, like uh, a house payment or uh, insurance. Yeah, you got people depending yeah. on you. you can't yeah. really you got people depending people, on you yeah. jumping I, out I, there I, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, you I, make seventy thousand dollars a year. You got people you feeding. That's not something. That's right, not right. something you just walk away from. That's distraction. Yeah, that's, that. that's the that's the game. Is <laughs> a distraction? Back in the day, it was easier to focus too, because you didn't have this thing called social media to divert yeah. your your attention to here and there and here and there. So back when Malcolm X and Martin Luther King are around, yeah, you had to pick a side because those are the two figures that were on in the yeah, in right. limelight. So it's yeah. like, boom. And it all so now, it might yeah, be a lot. Polarizing, yeah, these yeah. two polarizing figures, you know, so you, it was easy to keen in on what ideology that you felt was comfortable with. But now, like Melvin said, since we got the social fear, it's so easy to tap in yeah. and, and, and to get lost in the rabbit hole of uh, so many other things that you really can't focus on. Yeah, like Pornhub and next videos and all that stuff. And only fans I like how you try to tie that in there real quick, yo. You got to sign up with so many only fans, you don't even know how you got there, man. You know how you got there. So, um, what you saw a title here? So, yeah, <laughs> let me ask you this question. <laughs> real so my house, I'm the best content uh, on that rabbit hole, though. But, like 20 minutes later, all my money is going to OnlyFans, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All my disposable money is going to OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do y'all think? Do, do y'all think? With that being said, though, that the um, I I don't I don't want to believe it, but you think it's too late? Because with 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 the distraction of social like, media, that too late to really get that change you need. Never and the reason the reason, the only reason I'm asking is because in the past when you've seen revolution. 
it was everybody had a cause and not many people we was like we were just talking not many people were distracted now we everyone is distracted my nine-year-old my eight-year-old is distracted just with a tablet she barely knows what's going on but back then when you were three four five you knew what was going on right. you know what i'm saying so, so like i, I don't think I it's think too late gotta, i just think it's going to take a different form and we got to adapt yeah. to what the, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think yeah, yeah, I just think we need to rethink. Got. I think we can't look to the past and say we need to do what they did back then to, exactly. to make it fit into what we're doing now. Right. Now yeah. we got we need somebody to lead the social media revolution and like yeah. seriously, not yeah. just these people that's posting something and be yeah. like, Yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to get some likes. No, I'm talking about like people, somebody that the nose that knows the ins and outs they, of the they top facets of those of, of the Facebooks and the uh, and the Twitters and the Instagram. Yeah, and the revolution is going to be on is going to be on the internet as opposed to you know back in the day this time. It's like you got to adapt. Yeah, adapt. Yeah, you definitely have to adapt. I think. Um, no, do you word. think we would even follow though? Let's be honest. Let's be <laughs> honest. Just, like, because like, like, if you look so at that's, that's the response who have Quinn, revolution. Quinn. Quinn, that's that's the responsibility of the person that's galvanizing the troops. I mean, I don't, I'm not yeah. sure if we will follow, but if the person is that influential, and they they can galvanize the people who follows them and, they, and get us behind. They, they, they so know enough people. So, yeah. so you're, right, right, what right, you're so, saying is the responsibility is on the person who wants not, to make change. Not not necessarily, but I, I feel like if the message it resonates well enough, they deliver the message well enough, and it's your, and mm -hmm. it was to resonate, they could get the people to follow them. I just think the limit. What's the limit too? Why like, has somebody to you to fight for your own rights? That's what I'm getting at. No, it's, it's, it's not conventional for the all right, for, uh, conventional for their own right. But most people don't 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 or won't want to do anything if they know it won't be effective. Like they want to know, like, hey, mm. if I'm doing something, like what I'm doing is going to be like, is going to have that influence or that change to it. If they know that what, what they're doing won't have that any type of effect, they're like, oh, well, all my efforts are just going to fall by the wayside. But with that mindset, we will never have a change. Because if you go into the mindset with the with the will that That's, I have to see like the you. result of my change, if I have to like see the result the of my change, go ahead, my, my bad, Paul, what you no, say? No, no, I, I cut you off. I'm just saying it's, it's human nature to 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 not like change to begin with. So people's not going to be yeah. you know welcoming of change. You're going to have to reveal or enlighten or educate them why they should want to have the change. Yeah. Like, no, so I, what, and Palmer, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in hearing what Palmer said, I don't think he means convince people. I think what he's saying is there needs to be somebody who seems like they are effective and can get and effectively make change and then it will be easier for people to follow, exactly. period. Not necessarily convince people, like, like for me, like you don't need to convince me that we're wrong. Yeah, I think you just need somebody like, and maybe it's a good or bad of that. Well, like Obama, like when he talks, yeah. it like even even if you don't necessarily agree with everything, you kind of you kind of just sit back and listen because he has that right. charisma, that that intelligence, that that message that's just like, oh, it's it's just it's a little bit inspiring. It's a little that's what I don't think he's saying the same, I believe. inspires probably a better better word. It's yeah. like yeah. pull, pull people out of the shadows that wouldn't normally be there. Like exactly. Like make people yeah, yeah, but, and what I mean, yeah. like, because people people want to be inspired. I get it. Um, it's just that are people really gonna no. change their day to day? 
Uh, and that's tough to do. And that's really, really tough to do, even with someone who's yep. inspiring you. Because I can promise you, even with Obama, he, we were all everyone was expired to vote for the presidential election, but yeah, they weren't change. inspired to vote for Congress. They weren't they weren't inspired to vote for local elections. So yeah, it sounds yeah. great to be inspired, but was, was are there, people really was, doing the was there a, necessary to make those changes? Was there Obama like person at the local election? Like I think people came out for the presidential election because you know they was voting for Obama, but I don't think they had the same type of interest in the local election. Not saying it's right or wrong, but they didn't have that type of central figure in the local election yeah. that they felt like they could get behind. I do majority of the people in the United States do not vote local elections. I agree. And and and, and, and that's not and that's not because that's that, that's just people don't care. Absolutely. They don't care. They care enough because, and, and the crazy part about it, this is how it's kind of screwed up. They Everyone's so gung-ho about the presidential election. But the presidential presidential election has almost zero to no influence on your day-to-day life. community. Yeah, yeah, it really has no, it has, it has very, very little. Because you think about it, since Donald Trump has been in office, have you really been that out of your normal day-to-day life? That it's it's yeah. really screwed you up and messed you up. It's nice to uh, talk about. It's, a, it's nice I'm to a, not a, like them. I mean, well, 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 well maybe you, Mel. I, 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 I agree to an extent because there are maybe like not right now, but there are certain. Now, I do think presidential election is probably the least important of the elections, but there it is slightly important because presidents like President Trump can do little things that you don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. Like right away, but then it affects you two, three years from now. Like I was gonna say cuts for the wealthy and right, then the right, trickle yeah. down to the middle class. Like right. you might have felt you might have got a couple dollars in your paycheck this first time, but then you know the little tax code that he put in place is just gonna barrel down and, 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 and affects you later. Also, and, and but they, they like dependent stuff they like dependency. The president, though. They came from Senate. He, mm-hmm. he influenced them. He influenced him because he, he definitely you said he's a master manipulator. Like he'll he'll fire you if you he'll fire he can fire he has fired multiple people in this cabinet just because Disagree. they didn't like what yeah. he did. What I'm saying from the law standpoint, from the tax like for example, the tax cut portion of it, right? Like he even though he's firing and upset and telling talking about people, he's not the one that's necessarily writing the law. His cabinet doesn't write no, the law. The Absolutely. Senate writes not, that law. No. So it's and, and the people, the money that's behind the Senate uh, is writing that law. So it yeah. goes back to say, it goes back to you have to vote for your local elections because that's the ones that's making the change. I'm He's not signing the check. He yeah. signs so two the places. Don't get me wrong. He makes it. He he does have an influence. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Day, that's all I'm saying right there is the influence that he has is not. We should not forget about his influence. The president I was gonna say in two places where that's all I'm to saying. Yeah. point, the two places where I, it is actually gonna impact us in the future is uh the Supreme Court judges and all the judges he put in place. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. thing is um he put Ben Carson uh Alcuno in front of in charge of Alcuno. Uh, yep. And HUD affects HUD affects a lot of black people. He, mm-hmm. Like he put Beth. Duvall so into into the public health. I mean, into the uh, schooling. The head of the schools, head of education, mm-hmm. Department of Education. Yeah. That, that affects our kids. He he's taking and away those he's taking, positions. I'm, sorry, I'm about to get in my bag about school. No, they, no, no, he took, those he took away what she, what they 
then took away funding from HBCUs, yeah. which yep. they had then taking away funding from from um, student loans. Pell grants. So another four years of him would be yeah, he's taking away Pell grants. So he's very very influential. things. So I understand what you're saying. Like the local thing is very more very much more important. But let's not. No, minimize uh, I said, how, how much of an day impact day. and influence. Yeah, day to day. Yeah, from a grant money and all like federal lending and all that, I 100% agree with you. I'm just saying, like, us here, right? Like, yeah. us here from, from from when she's been in office to today, I can honestly, I, I, if I'm being honest, actually, it's been on the come up for me. It's, I, I'm not complaining. It, it's, been, it's been a good four years. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm just being honest. Like I I I, mm-hmm. I one I work in pharmaceutical now, so like I, I life is okay. I'm not complaining at all. But at the same time, like, but at the same time, from a business standpoint, if you're in corporate America, I, I'm, I'm being real. When it comes to business in corporate America, you know that's always going to be in Donald Trump's favor, like in his yeah. favoritism on his side. He's going to make sure the interests of corporations and businesses always. are going to always be in good standing. But that's the point. Always. We are being bought, and we don't even know we're being bought. You're bought when you get a salary of, of $152,000, oh, yeah. whatever you make. Um, that's how you that get Because you've been bought in a way where it's though, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose whatever I have. I don't want to lose anything. So what I say and do, because all of a sudden, you will start to acquiesce to the ways that will keep you not messing with your bottom line. And that's just, unfortunately, people want to survive first. And that's where this generation is totally different. Whereas though they were willing to risk it all. They wasn't poor people out here. They lost some, uh, Martin Luther King was a millionaire. Let's let's be be real. He wasn't broke. Malcolm X, these people weren't broke. These people was willing to lose that though for the betterment of a cause. And I don't think we are willing to lose any of it. And on top of that, it's economic deep that way because another thing is everybody got a college degree. So you got a lot of the younger generation getting to college and nobody can find a job. And some of these people coming out making $45,000 a year. So you're telling them sit in college and make $45,000 a year. All right, so I start there. So you know what happens when a revolution happens or somebody go on the street? I'm pissed already because I went to school and y'all sold me a dream. And now I'm pissed. So we creating pissed off people in a roundabout way. You just don't see how you piss people what, Wouldn't yeah, that be more of a reason for two two revolution? Yeah, but they huh? pissed, but they not that pissed. Huh. Let's be real. Because yeah. they came down to losing that forty five thousand dollars and gotta pay them student loans in the next five years, you're gonna be like, yo, I got another bill. I got to pay these bills in general. I don't even think y'all <laughs> realize that, like y'all in the mid thirties and like third this right now, everybody probably from uh, thirty to forty right now, y'all kind of the generation of the biggest change we've ever seen in black culture, whereas a lot of college grads, a lot of uh, corporate jobs and stuff. So what you don't realize is that next generation may not get that. And then when they don't get it, yeah, you saying they might not be willing, but the thing is, they're not even getting to that point. They just sitting home. See, but I can't agree with that. I can't agree with that. Yeah, go ahead, Ma. I can't, I can't agree with that because honestly, like, I can say like now, like looking at the opportunities that's available now, none of these opportunities coming straight out of college, high school, weren't even available for us at that time, even though all of us went to college and got a degree, like all the internship development programs, like half of these things weren't even available. It's, like, it's you, not- like it, was, it was based on, it was more based on like who you know, you had to know somebody. Now it was just like, oh, 
now each corporate like businesses are fo- like focusing and targeting certain schools, like even down to certain HBCUs. That's a tool of the oppressor. Look, like, that's the tool of the oppressor. Free programs are tool of oppressor. When we got free, the Freemans mm-hmm. Bureau was our shit. They are given the HBCUs. It's not about opportunity. It's about ceiling. Mm-hmm. They'll give you the opportunity. They'll give you the programs. They'll give you the incentives. Mm-hmm. But they are going to cap your ass, and they're gonna let you know when you get there, and they're gonna cap your ass. I'm telling you. That's the problem because you can't like we said we need to get people higher and higher. They will yeah, not let they, you ascend. John, we just we just talked about how opportunities are being taken away because funding for HBCUs are getting diminished. So you can't say they're giving us opportunities. No, they're not. We, we have to take them. Mar- I think, we, I think we are we are the generation, and I do agree with you on this. I think we're the generation of the biggest change right now. Yeah, we are. I agree with. We're, yeah, we're, the agree we're with. making yeah. money. We're, we're 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 having families. We're starting families and stuff. So now, like this generation, we, when we get older, we we are starting. I know it doesn't seem like it, especially with all this shit <laughs> going on now, but we are still. Sure. Some of us are putting ourselves in positions of higher, yeah. of, of a of upper for echelon sure. to maybe affect change later on. For the next generation, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. prime example. Because even example, our generation, a company called there's a company called Merck. Everybody's heard of them. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, Merck. Yeah. You wouldn't know yeah. it, but the CEO of Merck is a black man. A black person. Yeah. He, he, and he yeah. was one of the first people to actually part ways with Trump in the beginning of his administration. He was actually the first one. So because they were they were they were there was a there was a a committee of business on a like CEOs. And he was like, I can't be part of this. So you are mm-hmm. right. We are getting a position uh, of power of some sort. Um, my issue is there are certain people that are not willing to put that sacrifice they are, up. They, 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 it's always like they're they're not there's, a small, that there's a small number of people that's really will, that's really like John said about that life. That's really saying, mm-hmm. listen, I don't, you know, I might lose it all, but my conscience and my morals are clear. Then you have the mm-hmm. majority, the 80-20 rule. Uh, me and Tammy talk about it all the time, the 80-20 rule, yeah. where you got that 20% that's willing that's willing to risk it all. And then you got the 80% that's like, you know what? Nah, I can't, I can't, I can't fuck with it. I, 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 can't I got mouse key. I got mouse key. Yeah, and yeah. and, and to go back to what John was saying as far as education and all that and, and opportunity, only reason I challenge it as far as uh, what you were saying was. My daughters, yeah, I went to college and Tammy went to college. But the flip coin of that is I understand the the gravity of student loan debt if they if they are mm-hmm. say, say 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 they are not blessed enough because uh, we believe that they're gonna get academic scholarships because that's kind of the path that we're putting them on. But say they they don't mm-hmm. get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Say they don't get the academic scholarship. Then what? Or say be? we can't get enough grants and they gotta put, you know, or we come on hard times, whatever happens. And they got to be out there and go get some student loans. I would rather my child, and just being honest, I would rather to teach my child how to start a business than go to college. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if, if Zoe came to me when she was 18 years old and said, Dad, I don't want to go to college, I'm not going to get upset with her. I'm not going to be mad at her. Whereas in the past, that I, now that I'm at this point in my life, I'm not going to be upset. If you would have asked me maybe seven years ago before she was born, I would have been like, she's 100% she's going to college. But understanding how like that, growing as a man a little bit and as a parent, one, and also understanding the world a little more, 
and understanding mm -hmm. the opportunities that you don't have to go the traditional route to be mm -hmm. successful. Um, mm -hmm. I would challenge, I wouldn't even, I would say, if you guys don't want to go to college, if you're not going to school to be a doctor or engineer or something that's technical that requires schooling, I, 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 I challenge you don't have to go to college because half the that's jobs that, that we do today, half the jobs we do today, yeah. we don't even go to college. We didn't go to college for it. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that goes back to what Melvin said, I think, way back in the beginning when we first started the whole podcast. Like, yeah, if you're not going to go to school, what's your plan? Have a plan in place of what you're going to do. Oh, and if yeah. you need help, I hope you, I, I, I hope you would. Just have a plan. No matter yeah. what it is, just have a plan. Yeah, because if I could put money away for, if I could put money away from now for college, you know what? Listen, in about, if you get to 18, we've been putting money away for the last 17 years. You want to start a business? Start a business. Yeah, I was watching Shaq Life, and I respected this so much, and it just goes along the lines of what we talk about. Like, his son came on to him. So, you know, Shaq is a damn near billionaire. Yeah, yeah, a couple of dollars. But, yeah, his son came on to him, and I don't even remember what, what the business was. But he gave him this idea. He's like, yeah, can you give me the money to start? He's like, um, so what is it? What are you going to do? Do you have a business plan? Where is it? So... But like he went down all of his questions and like, yo, yeah, I'll help you. I'm not just gonna give it to you. And that's kinda that's kinda along the yeah. same lines that we're saying. Like yeah, yeah, I know college, what I'm not not, college ain't necessary if you got a plan and you and you know how to move forward. And mm -hmm. we can and we do have now that we've been to college and we understand student loans and we understand all of that, all of the politics and stuff that comes with that. It, if they tell me I wanna go to college, we 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 got I think the key is just make sure each generation you just wanted them to get better. That's it. Like yeah. every generation. Yeah. Like, if I did this, I want you to do this. Like, I, it don't matter what you do. Go, go to the moon, but just make sure you're the best at doing it. Like, don't. Yep. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah. You're the best nigga on the moon. Yeah. Nigga up there. You the flyest yep. one. Like, don't, don't, don't half-ass it. That's that's it. That's <laughs> real talk, though. But I, I think that's yeah. interesting. But uh. I'm about to say to shift the conversation. I'm about to uh, wrap it up. But uh, I just think ultimately we just got to, it's, it's going to be, you don't know, We none of us know. I guess we all given our, you know, our unsolicited opinion. But, you know, problem could be it, right? You could, I hope it's a change of a revolution, but you just never know. But a lot of times what happens when somebody's revolutionary or something's happening, I don't think uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X knew they was out in the middle of a revolution. They they just was getting busy. They knew what they wanted, and then they happened yeah. to be they happened to be in a position. So we don't even. Know uh, what, I what disagree, man. I like. think they were very aware of what they were up to. You're talking. You're dealing with very. <laughs> I don't think they knew the impact. I, I, think Luther King, I think Martin Luther King fully understood the gravity, now, especially they, later in his life. He fully understood yeah. the gravity of what he was up against. Yeah. He fully understood his mission and what he was supposed to be doing on this earth, along with Malcolm I, X. It got to no, the I'm point where you fully understood. John, do you, you know, what's up? I know. Do you? I'm. 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 I'm trying to, I guess, get into your head. But didn't you mean like you didn't think he would be? They didn't think when they were no. doing it that they would be uh, uh, large. a large, historic figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't no, think they, no, no, they, no. they knew they were making a good impact. Yes. Yeah. They didn't know they would go down in history as the biggest activist. No, they didn't. Um, civil rights activists. Yeah. At the time. That's what I think. Martin Luther King never. Yeah. Okay. If, okay, you okay. Talk, if you hear about his works and like books and his wife saying like, he just, he didn't think he was even making headway half the time. He thought he was, yo, I'm just beating a dead horse, but he's like, I'm here now. 
So I got to just keep it going. That's why I like towards the end of his life, he was just like, I seen the mountaintop. He like, bro, I don't know what else to do. That's what really he was saying. If you really listen to his speech, he was just like, yo, I've done everything. I got a Morehouse education. I'm like the smartest nigga in the world, literally. So like, I don't know where else to go. And it's funny, but his impact, look where we are now. We looking at it like, yo, you, you did some shit. I think, but I think honestly, towards the end, the, the to, towards that the the speech, because of what he died days later. So like, yeah. But the, towards that speech, I I I'm sorry. I I I feel I believe that he fully didn't understand. Did. This man was the guy. He knew he was the man, bro. It's like you don't get that many people to follow you from yeah. the south all the way to D.C. on foot, and then expect to be like, yo, nah, I don't think I'm really about that life. Oh, well, I don't yeah, think they really need follow me. Like, I think, yeah. But I think what I, I guess I said it to say, like, what we're seeing now in the history we're making, like, we're living in a historic year. Um, we're, we're making history you don't know. Like, even little stuff like Ferguson's going to go down to history. Freddie Gray's going to go down to history. This is going to go down to history. Eric Garner's going down to history. And at some point, a part of the revolution, somebody got to explain to somebody, like, why this makes sense to these little boys and girls. Why is it like, oh, we, we L people out in the street? What's, that's cool. <laughs> like, so to, the fact that you even have to explain that is a part of the change. Because yeah. what social studies yeah. teacher wants to stand in front of the class and be like, yeah, so if you're black, you might get that out. Or you might get sneak. Like, who, like, you gotta be able to have some sense about it. So but I think it's that's the same the social thing. studies teacher that is not teaching slavery in the schools. It's the same social studies teacher that's not, when, when, when they talk about black history month, you get about, you get that. That, te- that program that you did for about two weeks for your Black History Month. It, it, it's the same, it's the same concept. Just, it, just it, it, we believe that we, we, we believe that, you know, it should be a point that people should be like, how do you explain it? But how do you explain it now? How do, how do I explain, how do I explain to my daughter, my eight-year-old, seven-year-old daughter, you know what, why are they, why are they have his knee, his knee in his neck and he, he just sat there and died and no one did anything? Like, but they were, and why, when she looks at pictures from the, from the past, why did they stick, pour water on us and stick dogs on us? How do I explain that now? Like that, it's no, it's no easy way. It's no easy, it's no easy way of doing it. One, and two, the thing about America, America doesn't like talking about their issues. We're not going to talk about it. The only, only reason that other countries that have dealt with what we've dealt with on some level of this, the reason that a lot of them are able to get past it is because they address it. When it happened, it happened that they owned up to it and said, yes, this was a terrible time in our history, but it happened. And we're not shying away from it because this does identify who we are as a country at, to some certain the, level. The funny thing is that America used to go around holding other people responsible for their atrocities. But here at home, like we went to Germany to tell them the Holocaust is wrong, but then we back here, <laughs> bro. As a, as, a, as, a, as, a form, as former military, bro, you would be surprised of some of the questions I have in my head from the things that I've seen and done compared to here. I'm like, yo, I, you can go overseas. I can tell somebody else to do what they supposed, what I want them to do, but I can't even go downtown and do what I want to do. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, come back, run that jump back. 
<laughs> you'll, you'll be so, That's the first part. <laughs> man, like honestly, man, it's one of those. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother conversation. Yo, that's, a, that's that, that mess like, with your mind, yo, because you can't. Like we always talk about the story of my our granddad, where he would uh, he came back from World War Two. But like, like to try to facilitate that making sense. I got bullets in my knees, and I'm carrying them around. But yeah, I can get nothing from this country. Like, like you said, they you say can't he make come sense back to World War Two and couldn't go eat where he wanted to eat. He couldn't go yeah. to a park because it was only for uh, white people. Like, yeah, I mean, no. I mean, he didn't like white people because that that's all we know. But bro, yeah. like, I, I'm literally. I was in. I was in school when I got. I had just gotten back. I gotten back in 2010. I started school in 2011. I was like, I just gotten back, fresh out. I got veteran tags and everything. At the time, if y'all remember, I had the CTS Cadillac. Mm -hmm. I was a black, mm -hmm. young black man at a CTS in, in 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 a white at a white university. So they they think it's suspect. I got pulled over with veteran tags multiple times, and this is with veteran tags on. Mm -hmm. So like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. So like the, a lot of questions I have, and like I said, that's another conversation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. we just thought you boosted a veteran's car, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> ain't, no way, ain't no way this nigga driving a Cadillac. Yeah. Right. And he's from Baltimore. Come on now, y'all. He, 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 right. he's a <laughs> nah, nah, I, think good, I think that might be a decent episode. That's, that's we the have topic, Quentin, and Quentin and Dame on here. We talk about yeah. deployments and, and the, the mindset coming back from those, especially when Dame, because Dame is over there now, not over over. He's over there now. Nah, he, mm. he's overseas now. So when he comes yeah. back, it'll be an interesting thing to talk to you and him together, and just kind of. I don't. I don't want y'all to relive yeah, anything that's strange, that I'm saying really yeah. happened, but just kind of high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High level. I mean, it, it's it's kind of screwed up, man. It's and it, 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 it what bothers me the most is, um, and like I said, we didn't talk about it, but the guys that I've served with, that I thought were brothers. Mm -hmm. That I thought were my boys, that I thought was I was close with. I, I knew who they were. Then mm -hmm. you go, I'm what ten years now removed from it almost now, and mm -hmm. you see how they've grown and what they've gone through in their after military life. And then you see the comments and the things that they post on Facebook and Twitter. I'm like, oh, man. bro, I yo, we were in a foxhole together. Like I was right <laughs> right beside you, and this is how you really think. This is how you really feel. Like. ちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってちょっと待ってち
No. It's like that. That's kind of how it feels sometimes. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I have a great like. I'm not complaining at all. I, I, you know, it's not. That's not the issue. I'm just talking from a social standpoint. Yeah, we get it. Well, I get it. I, I, get I try it. not to get. I get it. I was like, yo, I fought already. It's like, do I gotta still fight again when I got back? Like, I gotta still fight. Like, I'm tired of fighting. But that's crazy. We just talked about World War II and our grandfather, and then all how <laughs> that happened. Same and thing. Then, in 2000, when you come back? In 2010, I got back. My final tour was in 2010. Yeah. Yo, we talking about a what? <laughs> 70, 80 year difference, and you, and it's still same the thing. same thing coming back for veterans coming back from our overseas in, in the war, thing. and that that is so sickening. That is That's not everybody's story. Right there. I'm not trying to like you know. It's, a, it's not everybody. I'm guaranteeing it's it shouldn't be nobody's story. <laughs> yeah. 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 That too. That's the yeah. bottom line. It should be a story for anybody. Yeah, if you can take a bullet for me, yeah, you can, you can whatever you want. <laughs> but the but the other side of it is right. Like people who are here, they're like, "Well, what are you doing? You're not active. Like, why are you not?" I'm like, "Bro, you don't understand." Like, I got, I got, yeah, I got an opinion. I got an opinion from a very different view. I get it, but like. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna be out. I'm gonna be real with you. Like, if unless it really, it has to really affect me and really make me. I have to be in so much pain for me to move. And I don't think I'm not in that kind of pain. I'm being real with you. It sucks. I'm upset. I don't like it. But I'm personally not in that type of pain to where I am like I fear scared to walk outside the door. I don't feel that type of fear. I don't think a lot of people feel feel that type of fear. So the, the the fear level is there, yeah, but the fear level is not to a level to where it's like uh, code red, everybody put all hands on deck, we need everybody ready to rock and roll, compared to where it was in the civil rights movement, where everybody, all hands on deck, because we all can be extin extenuated at that point. And, I, and to your point, I'm going to close it up on this, but that's and that's kind of the problem, whereas though, is a, is a mindfuck, because you're like, yo, I don't feel like they're going to put a gun in my head, but then all of a sudden, boom, gun in your head. Yeah. You just don't know when it's going to come. But I think that's the thing because, you know, we've, you've done well for yourself. You put yourself, you're like, nah, that's not, I'm not in fear and jeopardy until you are. Yeah. And then you're like, hold on, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I just went to the store. I just wanted to get some gas. Like, I just, I literally just went to go pick up my food. Right. And then yeah. you're black. But I mean, I do. I mean, I know we ought to close up, but I do want to say, I know we talked a little bit now negativity about the military and all that but at the same time there are some of the stuff that the military does that is absolutely needed and we appreciate it like we appreciate the service of quentin from, oh for sure um we Dang. appreciate everybody that's over there now it's just kind of sucks that some of them have to come back and live in a fucked up situation um society uh i that's, just wanted to make that clear that's that is our stance that's yeah. but uh i Facts. just wanted to make that clear Facts. And I always say in like discussions like this, um, my, my dad always says it, as much as you like to complain, as, as mad as we are, you're still living in the best country in the world. And that's the scariest part. <laughs> well, I know. Quote, unquote. I'm not complaining. Like, I have a good life. Yeah. I am not upset at all. I, 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 my family's safe. I'm safe. Everybody's good. We eat. But I mean, yeah. at the same time, I'm still a black man in America, and I have feelings and I have opinion. And, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, opinion, and then we still have our, uh, we still have people that are um, look like us that are struggling in a different way. So it's kind of a delicate <laughs> balance between us and 
and, and you know, the people in the hood who don't have those opportunities that we necessarily, that we might have had or you know, just mm-hmm. to get out of there. Um, this is psychological warfare. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's a great word. It's just psychological. Like, you're like, damn, yo, I'm good, but I know my, I know somebody around the corner from me is fucked up right now, yo. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that was, that's what fucks me up. You think it's more people that's on the good side of it than is on the bad side of it from a struggle standpoint? Putting in the work, putting in the tireless, uh, tirelessly putting in that work, tirelessly active, you know, being active in the neighborhood and in the communities. Uh, so there are people out there like that. I mean, I, oh, for I sure. just don't want to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. No. And as much as it's not, it seems like it's not making progress. We're making progress. It's sometimes the frustrating part when we argue about this. It just don't seem like it's fast enough. God damn. No, we're impatient. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah, 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 we're very impatient. We're impatient. At the same time. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Part of my, so at the same time, we're also part of like with a microwave generation, yeah. Yep. Like back then, like right we like you like right away, yo, as an instant, yeah. So it's like time is plus time is like time is money. So the quicker we can make it, the quicker we can do certain things, the better. And that's like, also the quicker we're off of a topic. That's the quick the quicker we're off yeah. of a movement. The quicker we're off of mm-hmm. getting activism actually done. Because I go back to my and comment earlier when I was saying it was a popcorn anger. Yeah, like I, I'm angry now, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna have a video running in about the next 10, 15 minutes. I'm gonna be all right. 